we have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What up, what up, what up? It's your host, Jenna Garcia, back with another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast brought to you by Betstamp, the basketball social house, and Kaya Cannabis, your local weed store with daily deals every day. Definitely check out the basketball social house if you're looking to watch games somewhere fun and get some hoops up, or if you just want to get your next practice session in. They have suites for one-on-one training three-on-three, and full-court five-on-five. Today's episode is coming to you after Game 4, a disappointing loss in Game 4. The Nuggets really thought, and so did I, fans really thought, right, that the Nuggets were about to sweep the only sweep of the first-round series across both the East and Western conferences. I really thought they had it locked in the bag. I have not seen the Timberwolves really play basketball like they know how to play basketball in a way that I saw someone call Carl Anthony Towns efficient and I laughed for like a whole 24 hours (laughs) because there's nothing efficient about that guy. I've never seen a basketball player who's made it to the NBA, been an all-star and suck more. He's awful, awful. I cannot stand him. I told you guys this, uh, I think in the last episode, but In that play-in tournament, I was really hoping for OKC for a couple of reasons. One, I thought they'd be a harder matchup in the first round. The Nuggets could benefit from a hard matchup. Round one, somebody who's actually going to make them have to adjust, someone who's going to force them to compete. And I don't think the Timberwolves have really done that. Uh, Rudy Gobert can't do anything against DeAndre Jordan. His size is just like, he can't do, do anything. He's definitely not doing anything against Nikola Jokic if he can't get around DeAndre Jordan. Carl Anthony Towns in the fourth quarter of Game 2 was held to 0-0-0-0 all the way across the board. He played all 11 minutes. He just didn't contribute in any way. Not in an assist, not a rebound, not a single point. And that was in Game 2, which the Nuggets obviously won. They headed to Minnesota up 2-0, get Game 3, and they get the win, 3-0. We think, we're thinking this is, you know, the best thing that's happened to Nuggets fans in a long time. I think uh, before we got to the playoffs, there was a lot of worry. A lot of Nuggets fans leaning on their trauma of quoting, I'm putting finger quotes up, right? Trauma, because they claim it's trauma. I don't think that that's real trauma. Your sports team doesn't owe you anything. They don't owe you W's. You're a fan, right? You're supposed to cheer for them whether they're good or bad, period. That's what fans do, period. But this area of the country really is hung up on how much the Nuggets have lost, how many times they've fallen short, and really kind of sad that y'all don't enjoy the journey more because there have been good journeys in the past even though they've fallen short of a championship and there will be good journeys in the future even if they fall short of this championship but that's not what it looked like after game three after game three I genuinely thought cat he can't do anything in this series 
Fade, fade, fade. If you're trying to bet him, fade Carol Anthony Towns. Not a good basketball player. No, not a good basketball player. He cries way too much. I feel like he should be a soap opera like star. He really could be. He could be in a in a telenovela, that's for sure. The Nuggets overall in this four games have lost three quarters of the four games, right? So four games, four quarters, 16 quarters overall. Three of them have gone in the Timberwolves' favor. One of those by one point. So, yeah, I don't have any respect for this team or for Carl Anthony Towns since he's so, quote-unquote, the leader, quote-unquote, the guy you're supposed to be able to depend on. I wouldn't be depending on Cat. No, Anthony Edwards is the guy you can depend on. And some might say that he's too young right now to depend on him. I disagree. I think we need to get this out of our head, this old head mentality that young players can't be impactful. You're seeing Christian Brown be impactful for the Nuggets. And more importantly, we'll get into it more in, in the next couple segments, Michael Porter Jr. He's the youngest one of the the big three, right? Even the big four, if you throw Aaron Gordon in there, MPJ's the youngest guy. You could say he's the least mature as well, not only in his game, but off the court. And he's been incredibly impactful on both ends of the floor, even on defense. So we're going to talk about that in today's episode. And of course, the things that I think caused the Nuggets to lose in game four and what we can expect in game five. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. respectful of the Timberwolves if you think that that's how respect works I think respect is earned and the Timberwolves for darn sure haven't earned an ounce of respect from me or any Nuggets fans thus far the storyline in game three obviously was the free throws there was a huge free throw disparity between how many free throws that were shot by the Timberwolves versus how many three free throws were shot by the Nuggets 35 free throws for the Timberwolves, 13 for Denver. And yeah, you could say that this is because this happens because Jokic is a more of a finesse player. He's got better footwork. He can kind of slinky in and out of the area of the defender and avoid the contact. And that's to an extent true, sure. But there was a lot of contact and there has been a lot of contact in this series. There's been a lot of fouls. Joker icing his wrist in the middle of games. Jamal Murray icing his knee in the middle of games. 
KCP has his ribs wrapped up in the middle of games. Like, just a five-minute stint on the bench, they're going to wrap him up. Because they're sore. That doesn't just happen because of wear and tear, sure, but in a but in the third game of a series, seems kind of interesting to me, seems kind of early. I have seen a lot of fouling happening. They're a physical team. They're an aggressive team. Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, those are big guys. And just like Nicole is a big guy, he can get roughed up too. He's been on the ground a lot for this series. He did not shoot a single free throw in the entire third game, which was just preposterous. He had a triple-double. 20 points, 12 assists, and 11 boards for the Nuggets really pushed them over the edge. And you got a big performance from Michael Porter Jr., 25 points from him, and another 18 from Jamal Murray. But four of eight from three from Michael Porter Jr. definitely helped the Nuggets secure that win. I would say the third quarter and the first quarter were a little bit rough for Denver. And even then, they tied, right? 33-33 in the third and 28-28 in that first quarter of game three. They did struggle a little bit. Minnesota was hitting shots. Obviously, Minnesota went to the line for a lot of their uh, points coming from the free throw line. And then Denver was still able to pull it out and get the win. For me, that game three kind of just solidified that this Minnesota team doesn't deserve to be here. They do not deserve to be in the playoffs. The play-in tournament got them here and they got lucky, but hmm. And maybe they do deserve it. They just don't have their first full personnel, and that would be a nicer way to say it. But in my opinion, I don't think even with their full slate of personnel, they deserve it. Uh, Game four comes around and they kind of surprise me. Because that's my feeling after game three. The Wolves don't even deserve to be here. They don't even deserve to be here. Game four comes around and Anthony Edwards took getting swept personally. He said, uh-uh, uh-uh, not today. And he said that post game, you know, he talked about how he had taken this personally. He did not want to be swept ever. He doesn't want to be swept ever in his career. And he's going to make sure that he's not. He's had a couple of massive games. He had a big game in game three, but no help, no support from the the other guys on the floor to kind of help him be able to be successful in game three. He's gotten a couple of big third quarters now, game three and game four. 12 points in the third from Ant in game three, and then an additional 11 in game three in the fourth quarter. But unfortunately, just no help from anybody else to close out this fourth quarter in in game three I mean you know he wasn't able to get the support he needed only five points from Cat, two points from Conley Conley ends up going 0 for three um in game three fourth quarter Gobert zero points with zero attempts and then um Nikhil Alexander Walker who only played about a minute and a half of the fourth quarter putting up three points then you had Kyle Anderson and Tori Prince in there as well, and neither of them were really able to contribute and help Ant out in that fourth quarter either, so the Nuggets are able to secure that win. The difference between Game 3 and Game 4 is Anthony Edwards' teammates finally showed up. Finally showed up for Game 4, fourth quarter, and were able 
to keep it tight. In game four, the starters kind of get off to a slow start. Minnesota starters don't get off to a slow start. Eight points early for Anthony Edwards, four for Rudy Gobert, and four for Carl Anthony Towns in the first quarter. Um, the Nuggets, on the other hand, just one for three. No, excuse me, one for seven from three in the first quarter. That one three coming from Jamal Murray, and he was kind of the only guy that didn't really struggle in the first quarter of game four. He goes two for two from the field. He gets uh, a rebound, five points. He's the only guy who's a zero net rating. Nope, no, not the only guy. Aaron Gordon also has a zero net rating in that first quarter of the fourth game of this series. Nikola Jokic has nine points in the first quarter, but he's a minus eight, and it was kind of the the minutes from the bench that kind of kept them in it. Bruce Brown gets four points off the bench. Jeff Green, Christian Brown are defending at the end of that first quarter, and they're able to keep it within a range, right? 22-23 after the first. They head to the second quarter, and things improve a little bit. All the starters turn it around. The bench is a net positive aside from Christian Brown who only played about five minutes of that second quarter but everybody including DJ who ended up having to come in in the second because of foul trouble is a net positive at this point in the game second quarter right Carl Anthony Towns has seven points seven points he ends up having to leave the game due to foul trouble um eventually here but Conley really just can't guard Michael Porter Jr. The second quarter that really stood out for me um, Mike does not get a lot of opportunities did not get a lot of opportunities in this fourth game. Uh, game four I felt like he had probably the fewest touches that he's had in the series so far and it showed right at the end of the game they kind of needed him to have more opportunities to shoot. He came up big in the fourth in the fourth quarter, hit two threes. But in this second quarter, Jamal comes back in the game, immediately scores, ties it up 40-40, which was important because Nicola ends up getting his third foul in the second quarter of this game. This game has been so whistle-heavy. I swear it's ruining the matchup for me outside of the fact that I have to look at Carl Anthony Towns' facial expressions throughout the entire thing. But he ends up having to go to the bench. His third foul was the wackest charge call I've ever seen until I watched the rest of this game where there were multiple charge calls that I thought were ridiculous. So um, Nicola ends up sitting down. Jeff Green comes in and he ends up getting his third foul and has to go to the bench too. So that's what led to DeAndre Jordan playing a few minutes at the end of this first half. Uh, Gordon drains a three at the end of the first half, and it felt pretty promising. Like, if Gordon's shooting that well, that was exciting because nobody else was shooting very well in this first half. And it seemed like, okay, they'll come back out second half. They'll do what they do, you know. And this Wolves team really hasn't shown us anything up until this point. So did not think that the Wolves were going to be able to come out of the half and uh, give Denver a run for their money, but I was wrong, and they did. 
Coming out of the break, the Nuggets lead 52-48, and they come out really strong in the first few minutes of the third. And this is kind of where Cat starts to get into some foul trouble. He gets his third foul with about eight minutes left in the third quarter. Um, ironically, something that stood out to me that I just thought of was when Cat shoots, shoots free throws, he shoots with his feet, like, staggered, not you know, right foot in front, and he has his left foot behind him, like, almost by his heel. It was, it was very interesting. Um, and at the same time, not surprising. Not surprising. Probably why you're not making stuff. You gotta square up, bro. Literally, we teach little children this. Um, Jokic ends up draining two threes back-to-back in the beginning of the third quarter, um, and it was just amazing. I hope Carl Anthony Towns has finally learned his lesson to not go under on screens against Jokic, but I also hope he hasn't so that Jokic can keep draining threes. He ends up hitting several threes in this game to end to keep the Nuggets in it. But when Cat leaves the game, it actually is right when the momentum sort of starts to shift. Kyle Anderson's in the game. MPJ ends up getting a block against Rudy Gobert inside uh like inside the paint and probably could have been called a foul against Joker, but they let MPJ run down. He ends up missing the shot, but he gets the steal, the block and the, and then runs down to the other side of the floor. And that's kind of when you start to feel like the momentum starts to shift. Bruce Brown has a terrible turnover at the six minute mark. And there's just a couple possessions where Kyle Anderson and that group that's out there get some stops in a row. All right, before that, it's 64-58. And then out of all of a sudden, after a couple of possessions that don't go the Nuggets' way, 66-66. All tied up after that Bruce turnover. Joker doesn't stop shooting, though. He drains another three in Rudy's face. And Jamal Murray going for a really tough shot. He might have been the guy who's had the, had the toughest game in game four I gotta wonder if it's it's just exhaustion right he had a big game three he had a big game two he had a big game second half of game one so for the last 10 quarters he's been dominant he's been great and then in this game four he had two quarters a second half where he wasn't as great as he was in the first half I attribute that to a lot of over-dribbling. You know, he's looking for his shot. He's looking for his spot. He's wanting to go toe-to-toe with Ant. And really, the difference between Jamal and Anthony Edwards in this series is that Anthony Edwards is the only good offensive player on his team. And the only guy who could get a bucket on that team. So, of course, he's going to be an option every single possession down the floor. Whereas Jamal has teammates who can score as good, sometimes better than he can. And it's like Joker said a couple of games ago, right? Jamal, I think after the first game, Jamal could be our number one player. That's the attitude and mentality Jamal needs to have only towards MPJ. (laughs) Towards MPJ, who in the second half only had six field goal attempts in the entire second half of game four. Six. And I mean, let's be real. Jamal only had two more than that. He had eight 
field goal attempts in the second half. Gordon had four. KCP had five. But my issue with that is Gordon and KCP, four and five attempts, field goal attempts, right? KCP shot zero of five in the second half of game four. Aaron Gordon shot one of four in the second half of game four. Michael Porter shot six shots, but he made half of them in the second half. Three of six, two of three from three, one of two from the free throw line, three rebounds, two blocks, excuse me. And what stood out the most to me from MPJ's game in game four was he had zero turnovers. And this wasn't a game where he was in foul trouble or he wasn't in the game like game three or game two. He had opportunities to to be on the floor. He was on the floor. And he was still kind of an afterthought. It's starting to become this a trend for me where I feel like I'm watching a game where MPJ, who might be the best shooter on the team, becomes an afterthought to the two-man game and to Jokic and Jamal kind of dominating the offensive side. And I think that's part of what could be the Nuggets' downfall in this postseason. They have so many guys they can go to. But it seems like they go to the wrong guys at the wrong time, right? To get KCP five attempts, five field goal attempts, and for him to go 0 for 5 in the second half of this game, I don't think that means, like, don't get the ball to KCP here and there if he's wide open and he's the obvious, like, best shot on the floor, then, yeah, you go to KCP. But if he's not hitting his shots, right, this isn't one of those moments where you keep shooting and shoot your way out of a shooting slump. If he's not hitting those shots, you got to go to somebody else because, like MPJ said after game two, the team really only cares about winning right now. And y'all didn't win. They didn't win game four. They had nine opportunities between Aaron Gordon and KCP that could have gone to MPJ to keep them in that game. MPJ was a big reason why this, this game goes into overtime. In the fourth quarter, I will say KCP had insane defense against Anthony Edwards and obviously still gets his buckets when he can, where he can, because he can make really tough shots. He reminds me a lot of Jamal. He reminds me a lot of, I mean, I don't even know if I want to give him these kudos, but like he's so much shorter than a guy like Kevin Durant, but he's making tough shots like a guy like Kevin Durant. Maybe Kawhi Leonard-ish-esque for his size, right? He's a, a bit more thick of a guy. In the second half, Ant had 18 points. He went 7 for 16 from the field, and he hit two threes. So there was definitely good defense on Anthony Edwards in that second half, and a lot of that came from KCP, which is another thing that stood out to me. It seems like... The guys who are most tired because they have the toughest matchup on defense probably are too tired to be the guy you go to or the guy you're looking for on offense. In the second half, KCP did a lot of the guarding of Anthony Edwards, and then he went 0 for 5 on his own from the field. Kind of wondering if it would have been smart to give those five shots to MPJ, who was guarding Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who didn't really come alive until overtime, right? If he, if 
you get those to MPJ over KCP, does he make one or two of them? Probably. I think that's pretty fair. One or two out of five, yeah. According to what he was shooting in the second half of that game, yeah. And then he, he's shooting 50%, so he probably makes two, maybe three of those. He hit two daggers. Yoke hit a, another dagger three. And that's really where those 11 straight points to get them 95 to 96. And then Yoke goes to the free throw line where he has not been nearly as good as he was during the regular season. And he only makes one of two. So ironically, this game could have been over if Yoke hits both his free throws. Yoke hits both those free throws. It's 97-96. Ant comes down the floor. He gets a good look for that final shot at the buzzer. But KCP strips the ball from his hands. Good defense from him and Jamal. And they get a shot up on the other end. Bruce Brown chucks it, but it doesn't go in. Instead of it being 97-96 at that point because... Joker did not hit both his free throws. It's 95-96. Or, it, excuse me, before he hits one of the free throws, it's 95-96. He hits one, it's 96-96. So they go to overtime. And in overtime, I was pretty shocked. I was pretty shocked. I do think there has to be something about, like, fatigue at this point. They look tired. Minnesota had the momentum of the home crowd, for sure. They end up getting a big three from Anthony Edwards and then two big threes from Nikhil Alexander-Walker and a bank three by Mike Conley. Mike Conley's three was the one that came first, actually. And then it was and a NAW. I always want to call him NW. <laughs> NAW for two threes, like back-to-back -back almost. There was like maybe one possession in between them. Then Towns fouls out of this game, which is just hilarious. The one contributing factor that he can bring you every night is fouls, because this man cannot defend. He's soft. Soft like like his counterpart, Rudy Gogurt. Uh, but for sure, he fouls out. He's making a whole scene about it. I, I genuinely, like, ugh. I cannot handle all the antics. It's so much. Like, go to acting school go be, go to Hollywood just get your ass out the NBA if that's what you're interested in because this is here is basketball and we're trying to play basketball just saying before he fouls out he does assist on two of the plays that put the Wolves up in overtime what stands out for me from the Nuggets in that overtime chunk aside from the fact that all of them were minus six all of the starters were a minus six in that overtime. And then Aaron Gordon was a minus four, which we definitely need to talk about. Pause, rabbit hole real quick. I cannot tell you how many people come at me about how Aaron Gordon is trash. If you look at the box plus minus in overtime, it, yes, AG was guarding Ant for that dagger three that felt like the game was over. Yes, Ant definitely got the separation, right? He dribble crossovers and AG falls for the crossover thinks he's going for the drive and Ant jerks it back for a three and it hits and yeah that sucks that AG happened to be guarding him but when you're looking at the plus minus he's the guy with the best plus minus of the entire crew that was out there for OT 
So he contributed in the most positive way, which was defense. Defense. Unfortunately, the box score doesn't do a great job, and we don't do a great job as NBA analysts of analyzing what defense looks like and how good defense is played. One turnover for AG, two personal fouls as well in that OT time. Um, the other thing that really stands out for me is zeros across the board for MPJ. Zero field goal attempts, zero three-point attempts, zero free throw attempts. One rebound, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero turnovers. And in the whole game, by the way, zero turnovers for MPJ. Zero turnovers for MPJ. The only guy in the entire starting lineup who had zero turnovers, and he played 41 minutes, by the way. Second most minutes on the board. Aaron Gordon played the first most minutes at 42. But zero turnovers for Michael Porter Jr. in the entire game, and in overtime, they don't get him a single look. Your best shooter, the guy who has gotten you there in game three and who kept you in it in game four, Aside with uh, you know, alongside Nikola Jokic, because obviously Jok helped, he assisted on all twelve of their points that they had in that overtime period. He either assisted or was a part of scoring. So yeah, Jok is a big part of it, and he's a big part of that fourth quarter. But so is MPJ, and it happened to be more MPJ than it was Jamal last night, and that's why I say Jamal's got to remember that any given night. Like, Yoke is number one most nights, but even Yoke has the humility to say, you know what, Jamal's number one some nights too. And MPJ's number one some nights too. Could be number one if the offense and if the coaches cared to get him the ball. He could have contributed in a positive way. We've seen him contribute in a positive way. So the fact that he had no even attempts, no even opportunities to touch the ball to see if he could contribute... Feels like a failure. Feels like why you lose that game. Disappointing, obviously. The Nuggets and Nuggets fans were really hoping to make history with their first sweep ever in the postseason. But instead, it'll have to be a gentleman's sweep. We're going to Game 5 Tuesday night here at Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. One thing I do want to wrap up and say is that I heard Timberwolves fans chanting, T-Wolves in 7. And I commend y'all for not losing hope because that's what I would hope the Nuggets fans would do. I would hope that they could believe that a team playing as poorly as the Timberwolves have played would have a fan base that stood by them like the T-Wolves fans have. Wolves in seven, are y'all on something? Like what are the what are the drugs that are popular in Minnesota? Because you must be crazy to think that the Timberwolves are going to win this series in seven. Y'all were about to be swept. What are you talking about? Just be happy you won one game. Just be happy that you caught the Nuggets not really locked in for game four. Because Wolves in seven, that's crazy talk. That's talk that crazy people think and say, and it ain't going to happen. Not not without your full lineup and not with Carl Anthony Towns on the floor. I'm sorry. That guy's not a winner. He doesn't know how to win. You can't win that way. Can't win with one of them on your team. Just saying. Let's come back to reality. I know that fans comes from the word fanatic. 
which inherently includes craziness, right? Fanatics are crazy. So that makes sense that you all would think that, but like come back to earth now, reality, and take solace in that fact that you got one game, just like Anthony Edwards is going to take solace in the fact that he didn't get swept. You didn't get swept. You're right. You got gentlemen swept, which isn't that much better. But if you want to tell yourself it is, then go for it. But Wolves in seven? Y'all are crazy. We'll see you at Ball Arena on Tuesday night for game five, where the Nuggets will wrap this series up, no doubt. You'll hear from the Chicken Nuggets after game five, after the Nuggets secure that win. And in the meantime, if you're looking for more behind the scenes, more inside this team kind of scoops, you need to head over to Instagram and follow at Diva or Twitter, TikTok. All of them are the same. Check them out there and I'll talk to you guys soon. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.